Welcome to another episode of Rosenballs. Rosenballs. We're going to talk about the Damian Lillard aftermath here, namely, now what happens with Drew Holiday. Now, what a lot of pundits have said, and I kind of agree with this, is now, I'm not going to say Holiday is better than Lillard. Okay? But... Holiday is a more efficient get if you're looking to win than Lillard because Lillard's going to cost you as he just did multiple assets, um, you know, uh, you know, much more picks. Holiday you can get for less, and he's not that much worse. The Greek yogurt to low-fat vanilla ice cream is Holiday to Lillard. So we're going to go through what's going to happen with Lillard now, or rather, what's going to happen with Holiday. People are talking about Jeremy Grant. That can't that trade. Cannot happen until January. So, obviously, holidays are the first shoe to drop, and then, and then Grant can be someone's uh, consolation. Here's the thing with, with Holiday. He can play both guard slots extremely well. Um, obviously, more of a one, but, you know, don't discount what he did in New Orleans with Rondo. He can play a little combo guard, right? Um, not the best offensive player, you know, mediocre slasher, but if he's not your primary uh, ball handler, he's quite interesting. If he's like a secondary, half secondary, half on, he's quite interesting, right? And there's one team that obviously is like the, the perfect fit. But it kind of going to go through the teams, how they would get him, and ultimately kind of predict who's going to get him. And uh, someone's going to have to overpay because there's so many teams are going after him, or at least thinking about it. Um, I think we need we need a wonder, right? So I'm going to start. Um, in the East, and probably will end with this team too, right? First team that comes to mind is the Boston Celtics. The Celtics are a fantastic fit for Holiday. They saw this experiment already go with Smart, Brogdon, and White. Say what you want. The team did make the conference finals. I mean, the finals the year before. They they do okay running thicker handlers. Now, here's the difference. You add Holiday to the team now, where he's he's got a bit more self-awareness of Smart. Basically, a better version of Marcus Smart. Why would this go badly, right? Um, and, and per reports, this could be quick and easy. You may, you're going to need a third team here. So let's talk about like what the elements are. First off, Brogdon's probably going to be in the deal. And Portland apparently likes Pritchard. He's from the area. He went to Oregon, by the way. Uh, he would be in the deal too. And then the question is one or two first. So let's say their their best offer is basically Brogdon, Pritchard, two first, and a swap. Right, maybe they do the swap, maybe they don't. They got a first, remember, in the KP deal. That's a huge deal, so they can now throw in that first, so they don't hurt too much of the future. Their their future assets beyond that are are are, are have been thinned. Okay, so the um, you know again the Horford deal that they did, the Derek White deal, they're losing some future first. San Antonio's got some, OKC's got others, so they don't have a ton beyond that. Now, are you going to risk that? package for a 33-year-old expiring deal. Look, when you're contending like the Celtics are, the Celtics have the second best odds to win the title for all the major sports books behind, obviously, Milwaukee now. Uh, it's interesting. Not only that, you get the right sort of antidote for Damian Lillard and the Bucks. You have Holiday in that series. He knows the system well. Obviously, it's a new coaching style, but he knows the players, at least. You can, put, you can stick him on Lillard in that series. And by the way, you have multiple great defensive guards in that series. You would have White and holiday. And look, you got to think playoffs as you think about these trades and potential series ramifications, right? So holiday works. You had the guy in smart. 
Um, and you can't imagine the team's going to stay healthy with Brogdon. It's, it's kind of an upgrade, right? Replacing Brogdon now with Holiday is a huge deal. You lose some depth, though, right? Pritchard's actually going to be a, a, a main point of the rotation. Um, so, you know, Stevens needs to get the incoming free agent from Cleveland, needs to get more minutes. Burchette needs to get more minutes. And if someone gets hurt, you're kind of thin. You know, totally get that. But at the end of the day, you tell me in a seven, eight man rotation, you're going to roll with basically, um, you know, Holiday, Brown, Tatum, KP, Horford, and then you, you bring Robert Williams, Derek White. Um, and then maybe Sam Hauser off the bench. Just a damn good eight man. You're, you're a little more reliant on the Hauser, you know. And then and throughout the regular season, there's an injury. Now Stevens is moving up, Prochet's moving up, so the the depth comes into play. Uh, but that's still at top seven is just almost flawless, right? And you could run a couple of unique lineups. You know, you could go small with White and Holiday in the backcourt and Brown and Tatum three four. Uh, obviously, I know to the big lineup. You got shooting. You got defense. It's quite good. So Boston. It's really a good fit. Again, he would be a secondary playmaker, sometimes be a primary. That's what you want. A one slash two in terms of a ball handler. He would give you that. That's a team he likes too. So Boston to me is, is a clear favorite that, that needs to be pushing to this. And per betting odds, this is betonline.ag, which is a uh, illegal book in the States, by the way, international book. They give it, you know, 40% shot, basically, five over two. So, um, you know, that's that's... They have the best odds. Stevens has been aggressive in the past. Um, and Boston doesn't want to lose this window. These windows don't last forever that they currently have. I've noted it in prior pods. The Celtics have now had a four or five year run of making the conference finals and and not having a title to show up for it, right? You're talking about, you know, dating back to the bubble where they lost to the Heat, even dating before that with Cleveland uh, and a young Tatum. So, you know, this is what, four or five years in a row of making the conference finals. Or, or four year, four times in five years, if you will, because they had the year they lost to Brooklyn in the first round. Four out of the last five years, uh, and not coming back with a chip is is a decent thing to look at. You can't have that happen again, and they're definitely in jeopardy uh, going into the season with that. With Milwaukee obviously um, being the better team on paper, they do this deal now, and I think that series is is kind of a toss up. Okay, let's continue going. Chicago's the next thing. So the Bulls again. We talked about this in prior pods. The Bulls, their goal is not to contend. This is a GM, Arturis, who I think is going to have to be on the chopping block. If they miss the play-in again, they have an expiring DeRozan. You got Levine's back contract now, which could look worse. Ball hasn't been healthy. Not his fault. I get it. Uh, that's a concern. This is where the Bulls could talk themselves into getting aggressive here, right? When Ball was healthy, they were a top-four seed for a limited time. You have a better player in Holiday. He matches the timeline with DeRozan, at least. Um, you know, you could extend him there. Uh, and you have Kobe White backing him up. You still have AO there. Now the question is, what are you going to put together in, in a package? You're not throwing in Patrick Williams. That is silly sauce, okay? Really, really would be silly to do. Obviously, it's a dream come true for Portland. Again, if Portland's interested in guys like Pritchard, they understand it's going to be minor asset and two picks, and it's going to come down to what minor asset Portland likes best. They already like Pritchard. That's great. But do they like AO Dosimenu? Do they like uh, Jalen uh, Terry? Or Dalen, Dalen Terry, right? Right, I, I don't, I don't know. That's the best the Bulls have to offer. So the Bulls, I think, all these teams are basically going to be the similar package, where it's, you know, one or two firsts and that you know mediocre asset. Now the difference with the Celtics and the Bulls is the Bulls have to be pretty apprehensive to move a first. The Celtics, no, that bad boy is going to be the twenties as long as Tatum and Brown are locked up, and they are. But for Chicago, if Holiday, if this doesn't work out, which it obviously can't, it can definitely not work out. East is loaded. 
the Bulls may not make uh, it out of the first round post deal. Do they sign Holiday? And now you just lost two firsts after they just moved several firsts in the whole Orlando uh, fiasco trade? I don't know. It's a decent risk for the Bulls. Two firsts is a lot, right? One, maybe you get them to do. But two, I don't know. And if, if Portland wants the extra first, which I think is important, I think the Bulls would be hard-pressed to do that. I think they'll give you AO. They'll give you maybe Dalen and one first. And they'll give you Ball's contract. So now all of a sudden, you're getting back uh, a bad contract with Ball, which you can't flip, like you can with Brogdon. On the flip for Boston, they could get more picks than just the two, right? So the Celtics would offer Pritchard maybe two firsts and Brogdon. But Brogdon would probably go to another team. He could go to the Clippers. And another first comes to Portland. So Portland could do a Boston deal and get at least two firsts, maybe three, not to mention swaps and all that. Boston could probably get back maybe a Terrence Mann in that deal for the Clippers. The Clippers do Mann uh, or Marcus Morris coming back. That'd be fun. Marcus Morris reunion. Um, maybe. Maybe. So I think I think the Celtics thing has more legs because of not only what they would give, but what they would flip Brogdon for in a potential three-way. Chicago, again, risky. You're going to move another first. And, and Arteris is basically uh, gambling that this unit makes uh, the second round. Now, the question is for Arteris, if he does the deal, and they make like the sixth seed and they lose in six games, yeah, he can still extend them, I suppose, and then move them later. But do you get re-upped as the GM? I don't know. Kind of risky if you move those first. I don't even know if ownership's okay with that, quite frankly. Chicago's on the fence for me. We're going to go team by team. Cleveland, low, low shot here. But again, like, you got Strauss. Ricky Rubio is injured. That's a big deal. They used to have a really good three-guard rotation. They were they were top four seed when Rubio was healthy last year and two years ago. The, the decline really happened after Rubio went down, right? He really loved that second unit. Um, his assist rate's fantastic. So you bring a guy like Holiday in. Now, you could, you could say all day, well, this fit's kind of murky with Garland Mitchell. Yeah, you got to give it somewhere to, to you know move around. Um, but it's still quite interesting. The problem that I have with Cleveland is, the weak asset they would give Okara is a car away. Okay, uh, sorry, Isaac Okara. Right now, Isaac Okara. Where are you gonna? Is, is Portland really like that? He's another on the ball guy. He got his opportunity and kind of failed really badly in the playoffs. So if you're Cleveland, I mean, you do that all day, Okara for Holiday. But now you have limited picks. You move them in the Karis Levert deal, and then also move them again, obviously with the Mitchell deal. So you have really no assets to move. Um, you're not going to obviously move Allen or, or, or Garland. That, that's crazy talk. So, again, Cleveland has limited things. Zaccaro, uh, not enough of an asset to get your boy in holiday. Dallas. I would look at Dallas. I wouldn't look long at Dallas. I would look slightly long. Remember, Dallas moved the pick, um, obviously with Dignity and, and the whole game, Bertans, right, to get Kyrie the first time around. Great. They don't have a lot of assets to give it out. Josh Green, eh. Another first, really. They have more firsts to give, but are you going to do green and two firsts? And again, and then again, like what contract filler do you even put in there? Is it Kleber? I don't even know what it is. Tim Hardaway Jr.? Are you better post that deal? Basically, is Hardaway and two firsts make you that much better than than um, Hardaway, than, than Holiday? So it's a fair question uh, because of fit, right? Like you're still going to be kind of small. You could run Kyrie and Holiday and Luca as a one, two, three. But if I'm Dallas, I'm more desperate. If I'm Dallas, I offer that. I do. Right? Sounds nuts. But again, 
I um, firmly believe that team is not good, and they need more talent, and Holiday is a consistent option. And they would extend it like, like they did with Kyrie. Um, you know, especially in the Western Conference, you would have great perimeter D with Holiday now, and he, he would complement there. It's a move I feel like I kind of have to make. I know if Dallas feels the same. Now, if Dallas moves hard way, do they also throw Josh Green in there? If I'm Portland, I'm asking. Because, again, I can get a better offer from Boston. No one's still beating that Boston offer, given they could flip Brogdon. But if I'm um, if I'm Dallas, like I don't Hardaway doesn't give me much in a flip. So uh, you know, but again, the picks are a little better. Cubans know to get a little risky here. Don't discount that. Don't you know sleep on Cuban here. And I think like they're low key desperate. They're pretty high key desperate actually. Uh, so Holiday and, and Dallas to me it's a medium shot. Again, I don't know if they top Boston. Josh Green came back to earth. Their minor assets have not been performing, which is another concern. But sure, Dallas can get in with two picks, Green and Hardway. And if you're Portland, by the way, what I, what I don't hate about that move, just to kind of put it on their perspective, is like you don't have to move Hardway immediately, right? Like you, you still could use spacing. So you could figure it out with Hardway, you could re-up his value and then move him later, right? In the Grant sweepstakes, which will which will happen probably in January, February. So again, you, you know, not the worst for uh, Dallas. Dallas could jump in if Boston gets a little skittish about moving Pritchard, maybe. Now for Dallas, you made your wing depth super thin post this theoretical deal, okay? Because if you move Hardaway and Green, which are the guys I need to move, like now I just have a bunch of small guards. I have McKenzie Wright, really McKinley Wright, rather. It's my other guy. Like, behind Luka, I got nothing, okay? So you're going to have a lot of small ball lineups with Holiday maybe playing some three because he got Frank Lillikina, McKinley Wright uh, in there. Not great. Um, but you got to focus on playoff series at this point. If you're Dallas, your goalpost deal is, like, make the playoffs. Let's get some familiarity between Kyrie and Luka. Good, good chemistry there. And let's see what this group can do in a playoff series. And I think that group, um, you know, is – Good, but you know he's not the type of talent I go for. I like Holiday. I need a I need a bigger wing, okay, uh, to go for in such a deal. Fine. Uh, Gold State is now jumping in, okay. Gold State has to ask themselves: Look, they just made nice with Chris Paul. This is not the best internal PR move. They just made nice with, if they did a deal because Chris Paul would be on the move. He's got Chris Paul on the deal basically for Jordan Poole. Um, Paul's going to accept it. He wants to start. Get it. Now, this is a toss-up for me because Paul, who gives you a better chance to win the title immediately? Paul's a good fit on Golden State because now he's going to allow Curry to play more off the ball and he goes to control the second unit. Holiday is a good fit too. He could more easily play off the ball and allow Curry to play more on the ball. And he can have more lineups with Curry and Holiday than I think he can with Paul and Curry, right? The Paul and Curry lineup, although it's nice in, in, in theory, is, is troubling to hear uh, from a defensive perspective. Okay, great, got it. What else would Gold State need to move? Gold State has some interesting young assets, right? They have, um, you know, Moses Moody and Kaminga. You threw one of them in there. If I'm Portland, I got to jump on that. If I could get Moses Moody, who's at least improving, was a lottery pick, or Kaminga, I kind of like that. And then I think Chris Paul's in the third three-way. Chris Paul's going to give you better value 
in a three-way than I would think Brogdon does. And the fact that the team that would be interested in that three-way is probably Boston, right? I could see a crazy idea where it's almost like a four-way where Chris Paul would go to Boston, Brogdon, and a pick. Brogdon goes to the Clippers, and then two additional picks go to Portland. So Portland can end up with Moody, two firsts, um, and, and the poo-poo platter from the Clippers uh, to accommodate the deal. You know, interesting stuff, right? And if I'm Portland, I probably like Moody better than Pritchard. Um, and those picks, you know, I, I, you know, let's just say they're a wash, give or take. I don't know. That's a package. Gold State wants him. I think Gold State can get him. And if I'm Gold State, like you do right by, by Curry or, or really kill your eternal PR. That, that's the thing. Everybody fits in Gold State, by the way. Everyone does. The issue with Chris Paul is really just his health. It's also an issue with Holiday. But Holiday is healthier than Chris Paul. At this age, I don't know if you can rely on Chris Paul that much. Uh, obviously, it would be a risk for Boston to acquire him. Look, Chris Paul could go back to the Clippers. Would he want to? Separate question, but they got a new owner. So he might. So you could cut out Boston. You could do Paul to the Clippers. Same idea. And basically get, you know, one or two firsts in Moody. So I think that's probably the best. That's a package that beats Boston's package. That's interesting. Uh, the Lakers. Can the Lakers jump in? They probably should. Um, they have Russell, obviously. Uh, they signed him to a deal. I don't know when they could move him, though, is the question. How many firsts they have is another question. Russell, two firsts. Maybe throw Max Christie. Okay, I don't know if that's enough. Does Portland like Rui Huchimera? Do you move him if you're the Lakers? Also unsure. Holiday, though, is quite a damn good fit. If you're going to have another primary handler, and LeBron, obviously, Davis wants the ball. Uh, if you want any chance at a Denver series, I, I think Holiday's the guy. I do. Now, you weren't going to make the move for Kyrie. Do you make a move for Holiday, really? I also think the Lakers are probably, you know... Um, going to check in on Kyrie and a, and a potential Dallas fiasco, which is why they hold off a little bit, right? I think you go sour. I think there's an outside chance for Harden, right? Those are deals I don't have to move a first, uh, you know, or Max Christie for. I could do one or the other maybe and get them. So Lakers might think about being patient and, and also seeing what Austin Rivers is too. Um, but, yeah, that offer gets top though, right? Like if it's two firsts even, now the Lakers first, so they could be pretty shitty. Which is nice. But assuming it's two firsts, they can even get there. Russell and like Max Christie. And then you flip Russell to the Clippers and try to get the any type of assets. I don't know. I don't know. I, and the Lakers probably offer it, but but again, could easily be matched. So that all depends on if Golden State won't, won't be involved and Boston won't be involved. And then they kind of battle for, for scraps. So that offer gets gets killed. The Clippers. The Clippers have the hard and offer. That's really the best they can do, right? It's like a first, crappy assets. Um, look, if I'm the Clippers, I hold off. I do. Because for them, it's still about, even if they got Holiday, it would still be about is George and Leonard healthy. And they're not. And and they are and they're not. They look like they could have been in that Phoenix, in that Phoenix series where Leonard played that one game and played out of his mind and then just was out. So it depends on that. So Holiday's not the guy that's shifting things for them. They need to see a world where Leonard and George are healthy and then reassess. And, and unfortunately, like at some point, shit's going to hit the fan. But, but you know, apparently it hasn't yet. You know, Minnesota's going to float. It's the next team, right? Um, they moved too many picks, obviously, in the Gobert deal. So they have limited assets there. Nicole Alexander-Walker is not enough. Their assets are not enough, right? So it's basically what? Mike Connolly's expiring and, and a pick? That easily gets trounced uh, in terms of value elsewhere. 
McDaniels, these little fillers that are not, it's not going to do. I don't think Minnesota's got a shot. New York, people are talking about the Knicks. Okay, so the Knicks obviously have a an immensely high talent pool, but they have to ask themselves, like, um, you know, how many how many assets do you really want to give up for for a 33-year-old? And they feel pretty confident they're getting Donovan Mitchell in a couple years. So for the Knicks, like, the first question is, it's going to be, um, you can either add a Evan Fournier to a, a Quickly or a Grimes. Do they want to do that, right? So if I'm Portland, I, Quickly or Grimes obviously is a fantastic asset and better than Moody or Pritchard, in my opinion, right? Moody can make an argument for, for uh, Quickly and also fit, right? The Blazers have a lot of smaller guards or smaller one-slash-two guys. That's what Quickly is. Still, though, incredible asset. Um, I think you take the talent if you're Portland uh, and multiple picks. I think 48 quickly and two picks gets it done. They have Diviencio there. You can afford to lose quickly. That's a move. The Knicks want to get into it. Can't. Right? Uh, I think that beats any of the other offers. Now, the question is, if you applaud it, does that work? I don't know. You know, it could. Right? Um, the Barrett thing is interesting. Now, I think Barrett's too good to move. I do. I understand, you know, all the issues there in New York. Uh, and playoff series. He played well, by the way, but, like, he doesn't have a shot and all that. I also don't know how enamored Portland is with him. But if I could keep Grimes, I move quickly. It's two picks. That's tough to say no to. It is. So New York, I think, could be an interesting threat. Leon Rose has been patient. I think that's smart. I think he kind of wants to wait and see what this team is. Um, now with a full roster, heart, they fit now. They've added to it with the Viencho. Um That's the only concern. But they can easily afford holiday here, and it won't hurt them you know, post if, if, if it doesn't turn out well. Now, the question is, if they got Holiday and that theoretical deal happened, where do they move up? They're in that top three. They're with Philly and Boston now. So they could be a legit conference finals threat. Still probably lose to the Bucs, which many teams do, right? Um, I would say, you know, look, Orlando could float in. Unlikely. They're not going to move picks for a one-hit wonder. They're going to want to see what Cole Anthony could do. Fultz, you know, obviously Anthony Black. No, Philly is obviously the team. Okay, Philly is a big boy team. So Philly, to me, makes sense in a three-way with the Clippers. All these teams need the Clippers. Um, Harden would go to the Clippers in this move. Uh, the question is, how many picks can Philly give up? If, again, if it's a first, and then a Clipper first, that could get it done. But Philly's got no assets, and, and neither do the Clippers. So for the Sixers to do a deal, it really is going to wreak on desperation. And this is where they would have to give up two firsts. So it would have to be two firsts, Harden the three-way, and again, this could come down to Philly versus Boston. Who's willing to give up that extra first for Holiday? And I think Philly's probably more desperate than Boston. And that's how they could get him is if they give up the extra first. If Boston just does, you know, Pritchard Brogdon in the first, and, and Philly jumps in with that extra first beyond Harden, that's what could get it done for Philly. And I think Philly's desperate enough to do it. Uh, I think he ends up, by the way, in Boston or Philly, uh, not to, you know, jump the gun on the pot. Um, other teams, you know, Toronto and Utah have been floated. Toronto's not going to move OG. Uh, they could do Boucher, uh, who's an interesting asset, and probably Gary Trent Jr. In a, in a pick. But again, if you're Toronto, like I've talked about this with Masai before, I think Masai's on his way out. He does not want to rebuild. Is Holiday the move that makes you go ham? No, it's not. If they wanted to go high-risk, high-reward, they floated Damian Lillard because I think it was the Kawhi Leonard idea to make one last hurrah run. And I think Harder could be an interesting move, but again, you know, his personality and all that could, could make it quite quite hazy. Uh, Holiday doesn't do much for them. He just gets them to a low playoff seed. I don't see the need for Masai. Like, what are you doing there? Like, that team is not competitive, even if post-deal. So, I, I don't. I, I think it would be silly. They might do it. I think it would be silly. 
you know, Bill Simmons uh, posted OKC. Uh, yeah, look, OCC's, OKC's got a ton of picks. Dort, I think that was too good. I do. And if I'm OKC, like, while the fit's not bad, you got Giddy and Shea, it's not a great fit. You have a lot of guards that need the ball. I don't think you need a third one in that rotation. You need to see what Chet can do. Like, they still don't know what these guys are yet. I, I think they're a year away from making a move like this. And then Utah, again, similarly. Like, Utah needs to see what Ajabi does for a full year, playing a little bit of point. Obviously, Sexton now, like, uh, with the rookies they got, uh, Taylor, uh, Taylor Hendricks uh, in particular, I think could be quite interesting. So, you know, they have to sit tight. Utah's got to sit tight. So, in the end of the day, I think there's three teams that have a legitimate shot at him. And I think in order is Boston, Philly, Golden State. Okay. I think it ultimately come down to Boston and Philly. They're going to battle. And I think New York is probably fourth, by the way, um, if, if they really felt like. But I think they're ultimately out. Boston, Philly, I think they do it because Boston, I think, is a holiday away, away from winning. And Philly um, is more desperate. And they need to make the conference finals to keep the Embiid story alive. So it's going to come down to those two teams, and they'll play chicken, and who's going to add the first? That's my take on it. Um, the Golden State Warriors, ultimately, I think they don't want to screw over Chris Paul. They want to see how that is. I also think they kind of like Moody. Do they want to get rid of him that quickly? I don't know. I don't know. As much as they owe it to Curry, the team could also be a lot worse. You know, Clay is, you know, look, he is what he is. He's getting older. Green's getting older. I don't think you want to sacrifice even remnants of the farm. Let's see what Paul does, and let's take it from